Hey there, Sports History fan. Arnie Chapman here from the Sports History Network. Now, before you jump into this episode, I wanted to share with you an exciting giveaway we have going on with Homefield Apparel. We have a digital $50 gift card to homefieldapparel.com for one lucky fan of the Sports History Network. All you got to do is head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash giveaways to sign up. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash giveaways. This is Basketball History 101 with Rick Loiza. Welcome back to Basketball History 101. I am your host, Rick Loiza, and this is the podcast where we bring to life some of the forgotten stories from basketball history. And today we're going to talk about more NBA nicknames. This is an occasional series that we are doing where we go through and talk about how each NBA team got their nickname. With so many teams to go through, we are going division by division. We've already covered several other NBA divisions, so you can go back through the episode history if you want to hear more about those names. So, let's get started for today as we go through the Southwest Division. The Dallas Mavericks were a brand new expansion team in 1980. A local radio station held a contest to name the new team. After collecting a bunch of suggestions, the team ownership decided on the final name and they chose the Mavericks because of the cowboy theme that they wanted to convey. The original owner, Don Carter, a local businessman, was always seen out with a cowboy hat and boots, and he wanted his team to reflect that look. And they were already located in Texas, so the cowboy theme plays really well with the fans. Their original color scheme was blue and green, and their first logo was the letter M wearing a cowboy hat. Ross Perot then bought the team in 1996, and he held them for four years before selling them to Mark Cuban. Now, Mark Cuban came in and took his billions and decided to give the Mavericks a makeover. The new color scheme would be blue and silver. A very nice upgrade, but at the same time, not a huge departure from their previous colors. He also updated the logo to be a stylized horse next to a basketball. And they won their only title in 2011 when Dirk Nowitzki led them in victory against LeBron and the Miami Heat. Our next team is the Houston Rockets. They entered the NBA as a brand new expansion team in 1967 and their addition to the league brought it to an even 12 teams. They were originally located in San Diego where they selected the name Rockets because of the growing technology and engineering industries in that area. At the time, America was in the middle of a space race with the Soviet Union. So the team wanted to name themselves after something that captured the feeling of the future and where America was headed. Their original color scheme was green and yellow. And their first logo was a rocket shooting through a basketball with the word San Diego Rockets encircling the basketball. They only played there for four years before relocating. They decided to move to one of the fastest growing cities in America. Houston, Texas, where they renamed themselves the Houston Rockets. And fortunately for them, the Rockets' nickname works even better in Houston since that is the location of America's Astronaut Training Center. They also changed their color scheme to red and yellow. Their first logo in Houston was a cartoon basketball player flying with a jetpack strapped to his back. 
But that only lasted a year because it was kind of cheesy. Then they switched to a new logo with the word Rockets over a yellow basketball which resembled the sun. In 1995, they switched their logo again to a rocket speeding around a basketball. Their current logo is a variation of the letter R looking like it's gaining liftoff over a dark gray basketball. And their current color scheme of red and black is really nice, I have to say that. Now the team won their only two titles in 1994 and 1995 when they were led by Akeem Olajuwon. Our next team is the Memphis Grizzlies. They started life in the NBA in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. They were an expansion team in 1995 along with the Toronto Raptors. The NBA decided to expand into Canada with two teams that same year. While other names like the Orcas, the Mounties, the Ravens, and the Dragons were under consideration, the owner really had his heart set on the Grizzlies. British Columbia is home to over 20,000 of the indigenous grizzly bear, so the name completely made sense for Vancouver. Their original color scheme was teal and black. Now, back in the mid-90s, teal was the hot new color for sports teams. Not sure why, but it was. Anyway, their first logo featured a ferocious grizzly bear gripping a basketball in one paw while attacking with the other. Their first uniform had this whole native Canadian theme to honor the indigenous people of British Columbia. But after about six years, they decided to move to Memphis, Tennessee, which is actually kind of a last second decision. They barely changed anything when they moved other than to call themselves the Memphis Grizzlies. The color scheme was even the same. The logo was the same, except they just swapped out the word Vancouver for Memphis. And that's how they played for a number of years. Eventually, they did do a total makeover on their look. Their new color scheme is dark blue and medium blue. The logo changed to a stylized grizzly bear that looks like it's about to shoot lasers out of its yellow eyes. But I like it. It's a good look. And if I'm going to be honest and share something personal here, two of my three kids are fans of the Grizzlies. So that's a good place to stop and take a break. And we'll go through the last two teams right after this. Welcome back, and we'll keep going with our NBA nicknames for today. Now, here we go with the New Orleans Pelicans. Now, this is a bit of a complicated one. If you heard episode 19, where I talk about the Charlotte Hornets, then you will get a bit of the Pelicans' history. Both teams have an intertwined history. So, here goes. The New Orleans Pelicans began as a brand new expansion team in 1988, and they call themselves the Charlotte Hornets. Now, I'm not going to go through all of that history because I already covered that in episode 19. However, in 2002, they decided to move to New Orleans and were the New Orleans Hornets with the same color schemes that they had in Charlotte, which was purple and teal. They kept the Hornets logo from Charlotte, except that they swapped out the word Charlotte for New Orleans in their logo. They also had a secondary logo that was a stylized Hornet incorporated in a fleur-de-lis. So, what's a fleur-de-lis? It's a stylized lily flower that was part of the French royal coat of arms and popular in Louisiana due to its history as a French colony before President Thomas Jefferson purchased Louisiana from France and added it to the United States. Now this is why there are so many French references in Louisiana culture and cuisine. 
before they flew the American flag, they flew the French flag. Now, if you want to see a good example of what a fleur-de-lis looks like, just look at the helmets of the New Orleans Saints football team. That's a fleur-de-lis. So, anyway, back to the nickname. So, the team in New Orleans, they're doing their thing, and then Hurricane Katrina hits. And in addition to the destruction and loss of life, their arena was ruined, and they couldn't play in it. So they decided to play their home games in Oklahoma City for two seasons while their arena was being repaired. So for those two years, they were officially known as the New Orleans Oklahoma City Hornets. And that's where they introduced yellow into their color scheme. So after two years, their arena in New Orleans is ready and they return home to continue NBA play. It was actually because of the success of the Hornets in selling tickets in Oklahoma City that proved to the NBA that Oklahoma could support an NBA franchise. It ended up being like a trial run. So that's when the Supersonics, the Seattle Supersonics, took the opportunity to leave Seattle and relocate to Oklahoma as the Oklahoma City Thunder. But I digress yet again. The Hornets are now back in New Orleans and they decide to change their name to the Pelicans. After all, the Hornets is a reference that is specific to their former home in North Carolina. And the pelican happens to be the official state bird of Louisiana, which is home to New Orleans. Although the Utah Jazz did offer to let the team have the name Jazz so that they could be a revival of the name New Orleans Jazz, just like back in the 70s. But they said no, they were good with the pelicans. Their new logo featured a stylized pelican holding a basketball and flaring its massive wings. They now use a blue and red color scheme, although as an alternative, they sometimes wear uniforms featuring the colors of Mardi Gras, purple, green, and yellow. And that is the complicated story of the New Orleans Pelicans. Our last team for today is the San Antonio Spurs. They were one of the old ABA teams that had moved into the NBA during the merger in 1976. And they had originally called themselves the Dallas Chaparrales. So what's a Chaparral? It's a roadrunner. You know, like from the Warner Brothers cartoons where Wile E. Coyote is always chasing the roadrunner? Well, that's what a Chaparral is. As the original owners were planning for this new team that they were starting as part of the ABA, they happened to have their meeting at the very posh Chaparral Club in Dallas. And they noticed a Roadrunner logo on the napkins of the establishment. And they decided that that would be a great name for their new team. They were known as the Shaps for short, and they used a red and white color scheme. Their original logo was a cartoon Chaparral dribbling a basketball. And after three years, they decided to change their name to the Texas Chaparrales to be more inclusive of the rest of the state and hopefully grow their fan base. Now, they were mildly successful, financially speaking, in Dallas, but they decided that a move was necessary. So in 1973, they relocated south to San Antonio and renamed themselves the San Antonio Spurs. Then that way, it would go with more of the cowboy theme, which is a common thing in Texas. Their new colors were black and gray, and their logo has been some variation of the word Spurs, where they use an actual spur to substitute for the letter U. And they've been that way ever since. 
and led by the coaching of Greg Popovich and players like Tim Duncan, David Robinson, Tony Parker, and Manu Ginobili, the Spurs now have five NBA championships and are still the only former ABA team to win an NBA championship. So that's it for today. Join us next time as we discuss the development of the dribble way back in the very early days of basketball. See, dribbling was not part of the original rules of basketball. Rather, it was started by people who thought they saw a loophole in the rules. So that's next time on Basketball History 101. If you like what you hear, please hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts and check out our page on Facebook. It's called Basketball History 101 Podcast. There you will find shorter historical posts as well as comments and discussion starters on today's game. I'll also announce there when new episodes come out. I want to thank my producer and editor, Jacob Loiza. Join us each week as we continue to mine the history of basketball for more great stories from the past. Take care and see you soon. Hey there, sports history fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. This is Mark Mortier, and if you're a sports history fan like me, tune in and hear me talk about some great sports moments of the past. Growing up during the 1970s, I got to watch some of the most iconic moments in sports history. Hank Aaron breaking Babe Ruth's home run record. Willis Reed limping out of the locker room in Game 7 of the NBA Finals at Madison Square Garden as the fans erupted with a thunderous ovation. The 1980 Miracle on Ice as Team USA defeated the powerful Soviet Union in the Olympics. Listen every Tuesday on Yesterday Sports. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.